God is good. And all the time, God is good. You know, I had a chance to, uh, in my devotionals this week, I was reading about a man called Paul, or actually at that point called Saul. And uh, he was a pretty, pretty vicious man. Um, Going after, going after Christians and uh, even helping out those to uh, stone these Christians. And then God did something marvelous. He took him and he says, you're going to have a come to Jesus moment. And, uh, and he did. And Paul at that point said, you know what, Lord, do with me what you want. Do with me what you want. How many times have we heard that in the Bible? Your young little Samuel. Here I am, Lord. Moses. Use me. David. Oh, my goodness. And what better way to turn a person's life around than at about 12 o'clock at night... At the altar, him and God. Praise God's name because God is, uh, he saved us all from, well, from eternal damnation. But I praise God that he saved our brother Dave Goodwin's soul and brought him to this church to bring God's word to our lives. Amen? So without further ado. You know, it took a lot of it took a lot of uh, Christ shed blood to save me. I tell you, it's um, I can tell you the truth on that. We got the we got the screens up there, Dave. I actually made PowerPoint. There it is. If that looks familiar, it's also on the in the cover of the bulletin. So there it is. New wine for new wineskins. First, I want to say that uh, I'm happy to be back. I missed several weeks. Uh, we were traveling and, and we're in, in different places. And, and I'm, I'm glad to see all of you that are here today. Uh, it really warms my heart. And uh, uh, in, in Arizona, we attend with our son and daughter-in-law. Uh, uh, we, we attend their church. And it's a mega church. Uh, mega church meaning it's very, very large. Uh, it's so large that they have five campuses uh, spread out through the Chandler and Gilbert area. And when you're in church, they have the band that plays. It's not near as good as ours, I have to admit. Uh, and um, when the message is preached, it's really quite interesting because there's a screen that's back here. And there's none of this here. See, so then all of a sudden you'll see this like there's a person standing back there in the shadows and then it'll lighten up and there's a man standing there. Well, depending on which campus you are, that man is real and he's there. Or if you're at the and I've seen him a couple of times or one of the teaching pastors live. But sometimes it's just you're looking at the screens here and looking at the screens there. And um, 
the music is good. The preaching is good. But, you know, there's just something about coming home here to our church family, to our church friends. Uh, Right now, I'd like you to turn with me to uh, Mark chapter two, uh, verse twenty two. That's where that new wineskins is coming from. And let's see if this thing works. Mm. Which way do I point it? It's green light. Technical difficulties. There it is. There it is. In Mark chapter uh, in Mark chapter two, verse 22, Jesus tells his disciples, no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and the wine is lost and the skins as well. But one puts new wine into fresh wineskins. Now, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples and he's giving them some important instructions. Luke expounds a bit more on this teaching from Jesus. Um, He tells click it again. There it goes. He expounds a little bit more. He says, no one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. Otherwise, he will uh, both tear the new and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the wineskins and it will spill out and the skins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. Now, throughout the life of the church, uh, you know, starting with the Reformation, we, the, uh, the Reformation, we just went and we just had the 500th anniversary of the, of the Reformation. And when uh, and when uh, Martin Luther stood, uh, stood there in Wittenberg, Germany, and he's banging, he's banging his, his thesis on the on the Wittenberg door. Uh, what he was doing at that point is he was staking he, what he was making us uh, making a statement. And that statement was it's time that we become new wine. We need to become new wine and we need to be poured into new wine skins. And it began from there. And then you had, of course, Martin Luther and then all the Johns, John Calvin, John Wesley and and John Knox and the rest of the a lot of these people that really began the move, the reform reformation movement uh, of pouring and becoming new wine and pouring themselves into new wine skins. So many times churches need to be poured into new wine skins. And we've all heard the old saying sort of out with the old and in with the new. And sadly, sometimes churches need to press restart after going through a time of testing and after a time of trial. And, you know, our church has been seen some good times. I've been here about 38 years and we've seen some bad times. And since I've attended the Grace Brethren Church of Norwalk, I've seen people on fire for the Lord and they've been involved in ministries. And I've seen people uh, become complacent. And when that happens, the church becomes stagnant. I've seen people happy. I've seen and sadly, I've seen people who've been become sad or disappointed, sometimes angry. But to be honest, these past few months have been a trial on me, as I'm sure it has been on many of you. And and I went from being shocked to angry, then to disappointment. And then finally, I reached a point to where Sandy and I said, let's just run away. Let's just leave. Let's go find another church. One where we can simply just go hide and seek and, and go hide and just be another face in the pew. And I and I called Brother Ron and I told him, I said, hey, this is kind of where I'm at, you know, and and we talked for a while and, and he was discouraged. And, and and as we talked on the phone, he said, look, here's what I want you to do. You need to call Tracy Lansing on the phone. 
I'm giving some props to Tracy here. And then she's, now, she's, now she's blushing, I can tell. Because she's so pale, you know, that she's got that Dutch thing going on that when she, when she blushes, you can really tell. And so I called Tracy on the phone and I shared with her what I shared with, with Ron. And, and uh, you know, gifts of, uh, fruits of the Spirit, right? Gifts of the Spirit. Tracy has the gift of encouragement. If you ever need to be encouraged, now our phone's going to ring more often, but there's, there's a person right there. And I didn't. God used her to encourage me and encourage my wife. And, and um, so here we are, still here, ready for what God has in store for us. Even so, I have seen new people come and I've seen new people go, just like now. So it's during times like this. We need to hit the Staples reset button. To become new wine. Out with the old, in with the new. New wine. And there's a reason for this, and I'll be, I'll be coming to it. We need to put what's past behind us. We need to work together to knit this body of believers back together. It's going to take work. It's going to take a whole lot of prayer. And it's going to take a whole lot of unity. And it's going to take a lot of love. And a lot of forgiveness. But with God's help and God's guiding hand, we know it can happen. Because then together we'll pour ourselves into those new wineskins. And they won't burst. Because believe it or not, God has big plans for the Grace Brethren Church here in Norwalk. I know that many of you might be thinking, oh my gosh, what has Dave been smoking? Look around. Look what we've just gone through. Some would call this a church split or a moderate split or things like that that we've just experienced and we've experienced at this church in the past. But God has always been faithful. God has always taken care of the believers and, 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 and the faithful believers of this church. And to think that he will not continue to do that is doubting the power of the God Almighty. Because if I've learned anything from my walk with the Lord is that he can make take the most desperate situation and turn it into a glorious outcome. In Proverbs three, verses five and six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him. And he will make your, path, make, make your path straight. See, the problem that many Christians, many Christians have, and, that's myself, and myself included in this, is that we will sometimes trust just not in the Lord. We will lean on our own understanding. Even when our understanding is false, even when our own understanding is wrong, even when our own understanding might be deluded, and, and, and sometimes we're, we're focused on other things. Been there, done that. I'm as guilty of it as, as anybody that has ever taught, taken a breath. We don't acknowledge God sometimes as we should, but rather we put ourselves first. The verse says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. All means what? All. Do not lean on your own understanding. What is, what, what's the statement say? Don't lean on your own understanding. In all. All means all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. You have crooked paths. You're not leaning on the Lord like you should. Sometimes we allow our pride and arrogance to get in the way of God's own plan for our lives. 
when I've stumbled and I've fallen, I've had issues in my life that have started to derail my, my walk with the Lord. If I want to see who's the culprit, all I have to do is look in the mirror. And who do I see looking back at me is, is me. So when we wonder why our paths are crooked, that's when we, and, and we sometimes we wonder why, why do things turn bad? Well, what I want to share with you today is despite all the crooked paths we have seen and laid out in front of us, your elders dedicate themselves to trust God, to not lean on our own understanding, but to acknowledge Christ in all things. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes being steadfast is unpopular. And yes, sometimes we fail and we get it wrong. But we can see the new wine. And we can see the new wineskins. Now, right now, you should have received these early on. Right now, we have some envelopes that the the, the ushers are going to come and hand out to you. And what the envelopes contain are uh, has questions and the comment sections for you guys to fill out. What we're asking the congregation to do is to partner with the elders To pray with us and as we work to find the man God wants to be in this pulpit. We want you to pray with us. We want you to work with us. Because this is not an elder board, uh, an elder board effort to find a new pastor. This is not a search committee effort to find a new pastor. This is a church body effort. This is all of us. We want your input because your input is vitally important so that we can correlate all this together so we can all be on the same page so that when we and as we all prayerfully consider this and all means all as we collectively seek after God's will in the man he wants at this church. I was on the last search committee. I got it wrong. I failed. I was fooled. I don't want to lean on my own understanding and I want to do everything that I can. And I know the other men in this on this committee. That's why we're relying upon you guys to be with us, to partner with us, to pray with us so that God's will is going to be accomplished here. It's time for new wine. Poured into new wine glasses or new wine skins. And technical difficulties again. There it is. New wine skins. Now we've come through a trying time. Our last pastor was caught in sin. We all know that. He lied to us and he deceived us. We all know that. And then we were faced with some other things that went down, it came down, it created the level of distrust and hurt feelings all around. And some people have left. Well, I can speak for the elders. This this was never our intent. We simply followed scripture in our in our actions because that's what we were charged to do. So. And if we if you feel we failed us, we apologize. That was never our intent. We just covet your prayers. So this is where we are. And we can, if we want to become new wine. I love this thing. There we go. We can read in first Peter chapter one, verse seven says, so that the proof of your faith, 
being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Folks, we've all been refined by fire. Let's say last handful of months. Those choosing to become this new wine will, as Peter wrote, receive praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I'm not making that promise. It comes from the word of God. But God God also promised in 1 Peter 5.10, he says, After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And then as the ultimate promise... The one we can cling to in all things, the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. That's one of my that's one of my go to verses when I'm feeling a little discouraged, when things don't seem to be going right. You know, I, I, I when I start to doubt I always come back to it and I says, well, you know what? God causes all things to work together for good. I can't see what it is. I don't know what it is. I'm not sovereign. I'm not that smart. All I can do is wait on the Lord and let him reveal his will. See, it's because you see that none of this stuff is called according to my purpose or the elder board's purpose or anyone else's purpose. Everything is called according to God's purpose. New wine. New wine skins. So why is this important? What am I finally leading to? Where are we going with this? It's important because God, I believe, has some big, big plans for this church on the corner of Foster Road and Studebaker. We've been meeting with Ed Lewis from CE National and others And they have a vision. It's called 10-10-10. And what 10-10-10 is, this this vision is is, is to expand the Urban Hope Ministry model and training center into 10 urban areas over a span of 10 years at a projected cost of $10 million. It's a big goal. See, when, when Ed started out, you know, we, we, we want to, you know, you know how Ed gets all animated and everything. He's sitting in my living room. He's all pumped up and animated about this. And then he says, you know, expand into 10 urban areas. OK. Over 10 years. Yeah. Then he said, and then $10 million. And I'm going, whoa. <laughs> yeah, there, there's, the, there's a tough one. Because I'm thinking with my mind, not with God's mind. I don't have God's mind. How much is $10 million to God? Do I have any change in my pocket? That's, it's, it's nothing. It's a big goal. And the location that Ed Lewis wants to plant the second Urban Hope Training Center is right here on this campus. CE National is meeting in the next couple of weeks. Tim's going to be out of town. And because uh, he's part of that board uh, to flesh out the details, to gain agreement. 
to put the wheels in motion. They're looking at a, at a target date of the first of the year. When we, released, when we recently met with Ed and Joel Hawthorne from CE National, your elder board, we were, we were a bit reticent. We were, we, were, we were a little nervous because of what had, just, what had been recently happening here. And so some of us thought that this opportunity to impact our community and others like Boyle Heights could be shut down due to what's been going on. We felt that CE might rethink planting the training center here after our body had been fractured. And to be honest, I wouldn't have blamed them. Again, I was relying upon my own understanding. Got to divorce myself from that. Because God is bigger than that. And he's certainly bigger than me. But we were told that they, Ed, Joel, and many on the CE board, along with our local churches here in the community, their pastors and their leaders, that they all have faith in Grace Norwalk. They have faith in us. They see strength here. They see people here that are still willing and ready to continue going into the urban areas, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And loving on and caring for those who need Jesus in their lives. They see people here who are still committed to keeping the spirit of God alive here and the in ministries already in place, in place and active. That was a very encouraging meeting for us. We believe in you guys. We trust that the God is with you. We still want to partner with you. I was very encouraged by that meeting. You see, they see and they trust the new wine here at Norwalk Grace. We just have to have the faith to believe it ourselves. We have to have the faith to pour ourselves into the new wineskins. You know, sometimes when things look the darkest and hope seems to be lost, God can step back, can step in and calm the storms and cause all things to work together for good. See, when we, re- when we lean on our own understanding, all we can see sometimes is the darkness. When we lean on our own understanding, all sometimes we can see are the bad things, the negative things. But if we allow ourselves, if we give ourselves permission, if we grab hold of, if we embrace God's understanding and hold on to that, then suddenly we find ourselves looking at what God wants, which is bright, which is great, which is wonderful, which is opportunity. So it's time to hit the reset button. It's time to become new wine. It's time to pour that wine into new wineskins. Sometimes, but sadly, sometimes it requires letting go of some old wine. Because as Jesus told us, you don't put the old wine into the new wineskins. We're becoming new wines. This church is becoming a new wine skin and we're going to become the new wine and we have to allow ourselves to be poured into it. This is not a time to, to, to get discouraged. This is not a time to be sad. This is not a time to fret. This is not a time to run away. These those here today who share this vision and want to be a part of it. And move forward. You are the new wine. You should be excited about that. 
When I was sitting with Ed and with Joel and and they were sharing their vision for Urban Hope West and what they had in mind for us. And they were sharing that they that they had real faith in us when we have a a new ministry right now in the uh, upstairs fellowship hall, praising God in Jesus Christ. A new Baptist church, a Korean church here, small church. We had a small Korean church here once years and years ago, handful of people. It was called the Sarang Church. If you ever gone down the 405 freeway and you look off to your left, there's this gigantic facility down there. Is it San? Wait, is it 5 freeway or the 405? The 5 freeway. And they're actually both sides of the street. They're huge, huge organization. It has become a mega church. Pastor O and a handful of people. If this church does anything right, it can plant ministries. Urban Hope was a plant. Out of Urban Hope is coming. I mean, I mean, Boyle Heights. Heights of Grace is, is, was, was, was a plant. Out of Heights of Grace, we now see Urban Hope expanding into that and taking that and expanding it even further. Training young men and women in urban ministries and using this corner, these buildings, and this congregation to help encourage these young people and older people, because sometimes older people come too. To continue with the ministries and to take that teaching and that ministry and that stuff to their communities and to spread it out. So that in 10 years, there are 10 urban hope centers and tens of thousands of lives are being impacted. Who then are impacting hundreds of thousands of lives with the gospel of Jesus Christ. New wine. New wineskins. God is going to be doing a lot of things on this corner and in the surrounding communities. God wants to use us. New wine. New wineskins. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. It's time to put the calamity behind us. We can't do anything about it now. It's done. Reset. New wine. New wineskins. Embrace what God has coming for us. That's the promise from God. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, which is a good thing, and not for calamity. To give you a future and a hope. And it's not on the board. I need to learn how to do those PowerPoints a little bit better. That's a promise. Embrace it. Trust God. Not man. Allow yourselves to become that new wine. Be poured into those new wineskins. God is in control. God is sovereign. And despite our faults and our failures, despite my faults and my failures, God's will will be accomplished in all things. We just need to get out of God's way and follow after his will, not after our own. Let's all become that new wine. Let's pour ourselves into the wineskins. Let's be part of the let's be part of the vision That others have in our church. Others have visions in what we're we're about. Others have a vision for us. 
We should have the same vision. We should embrace it. We should get we should all get on board. Time to reset. Time to become new wine. Time to pour ourselves into new wineskins. Let's pray. Father God, we just are so thankful that you're faithful to us, even so sometimes we're not faithful to you. We're thankful that you can see past our failures and our imperfections and recognize that somewhere inside of us, there's things that you can use. Lord, we just pray that you just help us recognize those gifts of the spirit, those fruits of the spirit that maybe we're not exercising, that maybe we're not using. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us seek after your will to understand and to know how we can be a part of this new vision, of this new wine in new wineskins. Lord, I want you to bless those that are here. I want you to bless those that, that have left us. I, want, I, I pray that they are able to find a place that they can fellowship that will meet their needs. They'll be missed. But we can't hold people here that do not want to be here. We just pray, Lord, that those of us that are here come together, follow after your will, become that new wine and pour ourselves into those new wine skins as we follow after your will for what you have in store for this church. I'm so thankful that you're faithful to us. I'm so thankful that you continue to use us. I'm so thankful that... You give us, uh, you bring us opportunities and you bring us things that can help us to grow and to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. So I just pray a special blessing to each and every one of us. I pray a special blessing to the CE uh, National Board and the work that they're doing to make this Urban Hope Training Center a reality. I pray that uh, Satan doesn't get in the way of, of, uh, of, of what's happening here. I just pray that all things will work together for good for those of us who are called according to a purpose. Lord, and I believe that each and every one of us in this room have been called according to his purpose. So just bless us, keep us and watch over us. I pray this in Jesus name. Amen.